Welcome to TLC, the Teaching and Learning Chat International Podcast with Tom and Luca. Welcome to TLC. Um, I'm not even sure how to start this, to be honest. What do you say? What do you say at the beginning of an episode again? Breaking news on the coronavirus. Uh, Over to our Asian correspondent. <laughs> Trisha Takanawa, who's going to tell us all about the rain. <laughs> so the coronavirus. Uh, Good to good to hear you, my brother. How are you? I'm good. I mean, you've you've joined an exclusive club now. You're part of the um, thirty dirty thirty club. How's that? Yeah, do things. Um, I am uh, I'm buzzing actually. I was um, I was taken aback uh, last weekend. My wonderful wife um, organised a surprise birthday party, and um, I, I'm not going to be a very good detective if I ever went into that profession. My, my dad was a, a, a policeman, and um, you have to be quite switched on. So I was thrown completely by everyone's um, plans to lie to me and tell me that they weren't seeing me for my birthday. Um, I even had my dad lie through his teeth telling me, oh, oh son, I don't know what's happening. I'm sure your wife's doing something nice, but uh, is he a farmer? it would be good what's if I saw it? you at some point. <laughs> I always do that for my dad. I'm not sure why. But, um, yeah, it was amazing. I went away. Um, we, we went away in the morning. Um, I, I actually uh, I have this silly voice sometimes I put on um, <laughs> in the house to my wife that I used to speak to the dogs. So I was speaking to the Chihuahuas and uh, coming down the stairs and I was talking to the dogs. Ah, hi, Nixie, how are you? And uh, I walked into the kitchen and Marcus and, and, and Re- Rebecca were there and they, they had these massive pipe poppers. And honestly, I was like, oh, and my voice went deep. I was like, oh, you didn't you didn't hear me then, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we went for we had breakfast and then we went into into town. We did um, an escape room, which I've never done before. It was really no, cool. We I have, am um, I'm three from three in KL, three from three. I'm good. Well, good on you. I thought it was a bit nerdy. I mean, I am a bit of a nerd, but we've, I've never done one, so I thought it might be a bit boring, but this one was quality, and it was in the actual caves of Nottingham, the sandstone caves, and uh, oh, okay. it was a World War Two theme. Um, yeah, we did World War II as well. Was it, was, did, yeah. you have to find, did you have to find a Rembrandt painting? It was something to do with the paintings. I think it was um, the, the Germans were coming to blow up the mine shaft, and oh, uh, there were paintings want, inside. Oh, can you imagine that one? Anyway, yeah, it was very good. Uh, we got eighty-five percent of the way. <clears throat> I mean, my wife wasn't particularly helpful. But, well, you didn't uh, get out. Uh, you, you didn't escape. No, we didn't. No, I think they That's collected. Awful. We had we had two teachers in there. Uh, no, three teachers because yeah, three teachers out of six: um, a fireman and uh, a, a lawyer, and then my wife, um, who spent most of the time um, like eyeing up the, the fake fake food on the side. Um, so, no, we uh, we did that. And then we went for cocktails at the Tiki Bar in Nottingham. That's really good. I don't know if you ever went, you know, at the bottom of the corner house. No, I never went. Um, no, it's really good. Good, high high quality. Um, a few cocktails, but like by 11 o'clock. And then we went to um, Crazy Golf. Oh, yeah. Um, my friend Marcus, yeah. he took it very seriously, mate. You know what Marcus is like. He He kind of brought his own putter. Um, um, professionally, um, came and, uh, like fifth out of the group. And he was, yeah, and, and he was awful. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he even did an odd job at some point and like snuck a few like uh, 
few few golf balls like down his down his trousers. <laughs> Taking them home. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean? Well, congratulations um, for reaching the uh, the thirty thirty mark. Thanks, man. Yeah, we had a we had an amazing party. Then everyone came to the house and um, parked the cars around the corner, and um, everyone was wearing masks of my face, which was really surreal. It was really scary, actually. Like, uh, I thought I was walking well, into the house like, of a serial is, killer. Is that what I look like? I mean, everybody else... Yeah, exactly, now, yeah. You're now seeing that you're hanging. <laughs> yeah, like a frightening reflection um, of what I actually look like. Uh, but it was quality. It was a Hawaiian theme. We had Storm um, Dennis, and um, my wife sorted out loads of um, marquees for the garden, like these couple of big marquees, and they just blew away. Um, so we had a bit of a disaster, and we had a bouncy castle that was cancelled. So Storm Dennis put a bit of a dampener on it. Um, but we still had a, a crack in time, and, and, and definitely now that hit 30, it's a two-day hangover. Um, it took a long time to recover. Shades on Monday morning, shades on? Uh, well, no, it's the beginning of um, half-term, actually, so oh, I've been on half-term, yeah, half-term for a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. H- how about yourself, what have you been up to? Have you had a break as well, or not? Uh, we had Chinese New Year, but that was that was a couple of weeks ago. Well, wow, was it overshadowed here? with the coronavirus or not? <laughs> no. The thing is, though, like, we've not really had much here. It's more just what's in the media, what's in the news. But, no, nah, it's, it's just the flu, isn't it? Yeah, it's just the flu. It's taking down the old and the young, really. So, um, I think uh, I think it's... Um, just yeah, have some night like nurse. Just, just a bit of night nurse and get on with it. Yeah, fair enough. So you had your parents come and visit you in KO. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time. We went across to um, we went to Penang. They went to Vietnam. So no, it was great having them here. Oh, amazing. It. Have you been to Vietnam? It. Been a few times. Yeah, season. Yeah. Well, no, not the north. Not ah. the north, but been a few times. What's your outfit of choice? I'm thinking you look like um, the the chap from Jurassic Park. You know, um, Richard Attenborough. That's what Karky I feel slacks. like you look like. Khaki slacks. Yeah. No, I went full Hawaiian shirt, batik shirt, flip flops. Yeah, casual. Right, <laughs> casual, casual for the uh, for the jungles. Yeah, no, no, we we didn't go to Vietnam. Mum and Dad did, and then they kind of like came to us, had a weekend, flew off, came back. So, how did know. your dad deal with things like the, the change in food out there? Because Mate, um, he's fine. He loves you it. Know, he loves he, he's he loves a KFC Vietnam. man, isn't he? Really. Uh, he did. He did say he was dropping hints about wanting pasta. Um, you know, we, we, first night we had pizza. Last night we had pizza. Uh, see, the Italian roots, they live strong, to be fair. So he's probably... But it was, he's, it, he's was probably yeah. it was nice because like, our friends here, you know, him and mum said, oh, you know, get your friends over, we'll cook. So it was like being back when I was 12, 13 years old. Like, oh, bring your mates over, we'll cook a big dinner. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was quite nice. Was nice. Oh, nice. And and is his, uh, is his Thunderbird 1 still up and running? Thunderbird 4... He's gone. He's gone. For, so just to the listeners that don't know um, this legendary vehicle, can you just describe it? How long has it been in the family? I for? mean, Thunderbird Four, uh, the, uh, the 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 mustard mustard yellow Volvo. Yeah, <laughs> but but he has replaced the he has replaced Thunderbird Four with. I'm hoping my knowledge is right here. Thunderbird Three, which is the red one. So he's now got a red one. The, the same, same car, model. The same, same model, model of Volvo for red. Oh, amazing! That's been there, like you know, always know where your where your house is on the street because there it is parked outside. He's gone like, from uh, yeah, like some kind of headquarters. He's gone from PC. Uh, he's gone from Colonel Mustard to um. Oh, what's the one from Cluedo? The red one. What was the um, one from Cluedo? The red one. I don't. I don't Scarlet, know. Scarlet. Scarlet something. Scarlet. 
Mm. Miss Scarlet. <laughs> Scarlet Muffet. Right then, so um, you went through a recent uh, job application, didn't you? Yeah, mate, brilliant. A pretty um, big deal. They basically said, Luca, we like your style, we like the way you dress. Um, can, you, can you throw your hat into the ring? Now, what was it for? Because uh, it's scaled up at your side, isn't it? Bigger school, yeah, no, bigger responsibilities. Uh, it was a step into, uh, into senior leadership um, as an assistant head teacher. Which mm-hmm. you know, as, I mean, middle leadership now is ahead of year, and you know, it was the the, the, uh, the friend who's who's above me. He's moving on. He's moving to become a principal in London. So you know, there's, there was a vacancy kind of came up, and you know, I, 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 it was a great process. I mean, long story short, I was unsuccessful, but given a ton of positive feedback, and you know, the kind of feedback was, you know, yeah, potential is there, but. You know, we want to, you know, kind of stay in class, but also we want somebody who's going to go into the role straight in rather mm-hmm. than somebody who perhaps needs to be coached. Um, yeah. What like, prep did you have to do for it? What kind of um, what kind of process was it? Similar to so, what you might expect for a job application out here? Uh, well, I don't know. Cause I've, I mean, it was, um, we had to do. So there was candidates at the beginning. There were, I think, there was quite a lot of candidates at the beginning and we had to do a, you know, a cover letter. Um, and then that was whittled down based on, so based on the cover letter, it was whittled down to, you know, a certain number. Um, and then those candidates were invited for a, you know, a half an hour interview, um, uh-huh. kind of like a sit down chat, which was great. Got to, it was just quite nice to look at things from a different perspective. And then they narrowed that down to four candidates who were invited for a two day interview. Um, well, one day, and then if you were successful, you went to the second day. Um, and that day was brilliant. It involved, a lesson observation of a colleague and then giving them feedback. Um, there was a learning walk. So, you know, choosing a particular focus, a particular area and rationale and off you go, which was quite cool. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to look for? I was like, well, okay, I'll go here and I'm looking for this. What and did then, you go for? Uh, I was looking at levels of, I was looking at levels of challenge. Learners are motivated and challenged um, okay. in, a, in a particular year group. Um, which was good, and then some problems, problem solving kind of scenarios where it was just this is what's happened. Just basically talking out loud, what are your, you know, your next steps? Kind of how would you solve this situation? You know, what would be your rationale behind why you're doing what you're doing? And I mean, I, I came home to you know, my fiance and said you know, it was a really hard day, really hard, but loved it. Like just, just to have that opportunity to. Look at things from a different side. See Do you feel colleagues. like you, you're ready to make a bit more of an impact to, you think, across the across yeah, the, the, the I mean, I, I think it's almost spurred me on to think about the changes I can make, you know, on a, not a micro level, but a meso level, like my mid-level, what can I do mm-hmm. within my mm-hmm. year five team? So, yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, I wouldn't have applied for the job if I didn't think I could do it. You know, I know I could mm-hmm. do it. But, you know, it's, it's understanding and accepting, right? Now's not the right time, but... Yeah, it's just really good. And I got some excellent feedback about my, my approach to things, how I discuss things, how I can Well, that's more, good. I mean, yeah. it, internal promotions are a tricky one, aren't they? Because um, you, you've always got that, that, you've always got that vested interest in making sure that they let you down, uh, you know, in, a, in, a, in the most positive way as possible, because it's also part of the, your development. Um, and it can be, can be difficult to take, especially when you, you put a lot of time and energy into the app, the application process itself, and um, and you size up the competition. Um, but I always prefer internal uh, promotions. I feel like you've you've kind of proved yourself, and, and they know what you're about. I always think going for a different job at a different school, 
you have to start everything again. You know, you've got mm. to build up that relationship. You've got to show uh, not only the head teacher and, and the colleagues what you're about, but you've got to build up every kind of relationship. Um, and uh, it's a risk for, for both parties, really, because you're never quite sure when you go to a new school what, what it's going to be like, what mentality it will be like, and whether you've been missold something um, or not. So uh, you're still happy at the school you're in? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think the school's in a is is in a you know really good spot. We were having a huge renovation work as well, which is going to take our school from you know it's facility wise it's good, but kind of taking it next level, you know. So there's going to be a big renovation project. So it's a very exciting time. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a transition, kind of you know managing everything around the building work because it's taking place on site. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I think you know it's a bit. We said this before in previous podcasts that like part of this is not just the work; it's everything else. It's you know, mm-hmm. I think we're still happy with our life, and yeah, and, and 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 uh, and we're going to listen in a minute to uh, to Stuart and some of uh, some of the the mentality from from his uh, teaching advice is it's just a job. So you've got to you've got to be aware of your own life as well and do things that keep you happy because if you're if you're happy and positive in your own personal life of course it's going to impact you when you get to work and and when you stand in front of the class and uh, when you go for your next round of of uh, uh of promotion if you do decide to do that so um what's uh what's happening in your, in your life you've obviously got your, your your wedding coming up there's much more planning to do for that um a little bit i mean we had some uh, we had some feline feline guests that stayed in our house uh i came home and kate had rescued a couple of cats so oh, we had them more exotic mate being in kuala lumpur uh, i thought oh it's going to be some kind of uh puma or leopard or yes yeah, no, snow leopard some something cats. exciting and it was just some um, kind of tammy, so we're, tammy we're, cats. we've we've kind of taken them we've we've you know moved them on to a foster a foster place but we're kind of having discussions about you know do we want some cats i don't know I'm not really a cat person, my friend. I'm going to split the divide right now. I'm a, I'm a dog person. Do chihuahuas count? I mean, they're not really dogs, are they? They're just a pain in the ass. No, but they came with the wife, so it's the baggage I was, I was um, you know, willing to take uh, at the time. <laughs> the hands you were dealt. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I was very strict with them at the beginning. Didn't let them um, go eat, upstairs. Didn't let them in the or, bedroom. You know, <laughs> sunlight, sunlight. That was just the wife. <laughs> No, but now they sleep in the bed. Um, so Which is awful. yeah, you get attached, and they live long. You know, small dogs live the longest. We're talking fifteen to like twenty years. Ugh. Um, yeah, and and uh, and that's a that's a long that's a long thing to accept, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, if you go if you go for cats, mate, I just think they're disloyal, and they're bringing all sorts of um, stuff into your house as well. And they're sly. They're quite sly. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm gonna say you know. To bring that in at your own risk. So no, with us, I mean, you know, that's the big news. You've been, you've had a birthday. I've had a, a you know, an interview. Um, what? So the, so the, the fella on this week, what's his, what's his backstory? So Stuart is um, an award-winning author through um, a couple of children's books based on internet safety. Um, Penguin pig, Penguin pig, uh, and he's written another one called Monkey Cow um, on the premise of. Uh, 
uh, of, of people online not being who they say they are, um, based for Key Stage 1 Kids and Foundation, which is really good. And he's also uh, worked alongside Andy Cope, an author, to uh, co-author The Art of Being Brilliant Primary School Teacher, which is uh, a wonderful read. I'd recommend uh, checking that out in the Apple Bookstore. Given that download, in, uh, it's quite a short book, but it's, yeah. um, it's got some nice little um, nuggets in there for sure. Something that, you know, I can cope with. Ah, yes, the old, the old Andy Cope, coping yes. mechanisms. Uh, yeah, mate, it's, um, it's good. Um, he's got some, um, some really nice snippets. He's um, a deputy head teacher uh, in Louth, and uh, yeah, look forward to uh, sharing that with you now. So, Stuart um, Spenlow, he's, uh, he's on the show next. I'm really pleased to invite our next guest onto the show, an award-winning author, keynote motivational speaker, deputy head teacher, musician, and edu Twitter heartthrob. That's a bit of a joke in there. Stuart Spenlow, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, well, I love that. That was brilliant. That was yeah. really good. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks. Yeah, I know. It's, it's good to be here on this Sunday so, morning. So I met you at our world-famous Teach Me um, in East Midlands, where you made us all laugh with a funny story about uh, toasters and Woolworths leading on to um, how to stay inspired in the world of education. So pushing through all that red tape and those energy vampires, which seem to kind of float down into schools and just stay there lurking in the in the cupboards um, and suck life from you. Um, you said um, if you have no adrenaline but positivity, the worst you'll be is content. Where did you steal those inspirational words from? Right. So many years ago, um, with an old head teacher, um, uh, I was having a not a rough time, but I was having that time in your career that I think a lot of people go through, where they're a little bit undecided about where they're going next, um, and they're, they're starting to find that things are, are mounting up on top of them, and they're getting more and more responsibility. And I think everybody in teaching can relate to that, the point where you start to wonder how much you can actually handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she drew out this grid for me, and, and it very much was just four different quadrants. Um, and she spoke about how one of the, um, one of the axes was um, positivity, the other one was adrenaline, mm-hmm. and um, kind of pointed out that, you know, if you, have, um, if you have no positivity and no adrenaline, you're in a real state of despair, you know, it's awful. Um, and if you have full positivity and full adrenaline, that's like absolute exhilaration. You know, that's properly, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, you can take over the world kind of thing. Um, but she pointed out that the, the key thing for me was that if you have full positivity, um, but you've got no adrenaline, um, then the very worst you can be is content. And for me, that actually rang really, really true that, yeah, you know, you can you can have all this stuff going on around you. But if you just stay positive about it, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're going to be absolutely fine. The very worst you're going to be is content. Uh, and that really has stuck with me throughout my career. And is being positive the easy option? No, of course not. Like being positive is, is the most difficult choice. It takes energy to do that. Mm. You know, being negative is really straightforward, dead easy, takes nothing from you, um, which is why I think there are, there are quite a few people out there that, that get into that real negative rut because it just doesn't it doesn't take up any more of their energy. They're already low on energy. They're exhausted. It's near the end of term, perhaps. Mm. Um, and, you know, it doesn't take any energy to be negative. But being positive does. And um, But it's one of those things that if you if you try it, if you do it, it really does make a difference to your life. Not just, you know, not talking just career wise. Um, but it's one of those things that a lot of people hear and they'll go, oh, you know, that's a load of rubbish. It's one of those things. Um, 
Um, well, it's a strange one because actually, you know, the uh, you know the the recent Ofsted changes have mentioned um, have mentioned that workload um, impact and acknowledged that there's some kind of burnout rates and retention mm. rates, and it's linked into linked into uh, mental health and welfare. Now, some schools like all where we have all new changes, some schools take take it with a pinch of salt. They interpret it different ways. Other schools go and do these ridiculous things like, you know, they go and do yoga or they go and do a drum exercise, which actually I would I'll be happy doing the drum thing. But yoga is not my thing. Yeah. But essentially, that that welfare, whatever that ke- whatever keeps you positive mm. uh, in the profession is a personal thing. It's a personal thing to you. So how is it that schools can um, help support that positivity? What is it you think that they can do? Because it's a tough one to put your, your finger on. I think school leaders have got to, they've got to know their staff really well. Um, and they've got to know how different people work and what works for them. And, and they've also got to know the kind of things that um, that mount up with other people and start to, um, I hate the term, but start to just stress them out, you know, start to get to them. I know that my uh, my boss, my head teacher, she knows really, really well what will um, make me start to get stressed, what will make me start to feel, you know, a lot of pressure. Um and because of that, I rarely ever feel it now because she knows what's what mounts up, what mounts up to me and what's going to be too much. Um, and I think I've, I've, I've over the past couple of years started to be able to self-regulate that as well and start mm-hmm. to think, right, and, and do a thing that I never, ever thought I would do in my career, which is look at my job list, which is forever increasing mm-hmm. and actually go, right, if I don't do this, what are the implications? You know, if I don't do this. A month down the line, am I not even going to think about this ever again? Or is this going to be, be impacting what I'm doing a month down the line? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very surprising that when you do that, you start to really be able to prioritise. Because I really used to struggle with prioritising stuff. You know, if I had a job list, I would want to get that entire list done before I went home that day. Yeah. Um, and actually, just by prioritising, going, right, if I don't do this, what's, what's the worst that could happen? Um, I think you start to get a lot better at managing all the stuff you've got to do. It's it's easier as you go along in, in your profession. But the irony being that we have um, a huge re- retention rate that that's post the, the three to four year mark. So you do your RQT. I don't even like the word RQT, to be honest. I think once mm. you're qualified, you're qualified. But anyway, you, yeah. you're in your, you've done your NQT your second year, third year. And then uh, if you've not managed to find that balance that you said, or you've not got the right leadership, you've not got the right school, Mm. and you do feel like there's a lot of workload. And look, teachers go into teaching because essentially they have a good rapport with the children. They feel they Mm. can offer something. And then the additional skills, which perhaps they don't really show you until you get your your, your teeth into the profession, is actually you, you kind of... Uh, it's a never-ending job list of things. If you want the children to have an amazing experience, then you will go flat out. You will go and, you know, buy rewards for the kids for their behaviour. You will go and plan things. Um, but how, how is, how does a, uh, a a teacher that's relatively new into the profession, how do they uh, find what you found in your career that kind of um, that prioritising um, mentality? I think uh, some of it comes from, uh, you know, speaking to colleagues, getting advice from colleagues um, and find out, you know, what worked for them. But that's the crucial thing, knowing that what worked for them might not necessarily work for you. Mm. Um, but it's just talking to people that have been doing the job a while um, and, and people that have had different experiences in the job. Um, because I think that there's, a, there's a, a sort of group of teachers out there that feel that they're not very good at what they do. 
Um, and in reality, it's just because the school they're in is not right for them. Mm. And that's not. I think you hit the nail on the head there. That's that's uh, that's bang on, actually. I yeah, and, right. and it's not to say that that school is a bad school or is a school that doesn't care about their staff. It just genuinely means that that school, the way they work, and and that particular teacher, you know, doesn't. It just doesn't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't marry up somewhere. Mm. Um, and I think. And, and I, and I think one of the reasons for that, and we, we, we spoke about it earlier before, before we started recording, is the fact that um, you've got in, in primary school teaching, it's unique to any other sphere of education because you're inviting people with so many different uh, you know backgrounds, a kaleidoscope of different skills, so from the arts, the sciences. And it really depends on what school you get. I mean, it's potluck. You could, you could be amazing at... Um, you know, as an artist, but then you apply to a school, you find out that the art lead's already there. So mm. you have to be given something like your sciences and stuff. And then, and then you just keep that throughout your profession, really, unless you're lucky. So it's, I think it's also, a, it's a look thing. Um, not only is it you going into that school and thinking, yeah, I'm, I can, I can do okay here because ultimately you're going to be motivated about what you are good at as well. So it's a strange one, isn't it? I, I think you're right. It's, it's if you don't get the right school for you, it's not necessarily the school's fault, but it's that strange, it's that strange situation you find yourself in, thinking actually, you know, I, I rather would be at a different school where, you know, perhaps my subject was was prioritised more or um, was in um, part of the uh, the limelight a bit more. You know, see what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, and I think, yeah, you've, pre- you've pretty much said everything I was going to kind of add to, to that, really, that, yeah, you've just, it's that awareness that actually this school might not be right for me. You know, I'm not just to say if you go through, I don't know, you go through 25 different schools and mm-hmm. you, you come out at the end saying, well, none of those were for me. You, yeah, you maybe, start, maybe change a career, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you might start to look at the common denominator. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of people that have actually been brave enough to get out of a school that, that really wasn't working for them. And now they're absolutely loving their, um, they're loving their careers. They're loving what they're doing. Um, and, but it's just, I, I, I appreciate for some people it, it's that financial element of, you know, well, if I, if I sort of, if I quit this job and don't get another one, I, I'm stuck. Um, but I think ultimately what you have to do is think, right, your own health and well-being is the most important thing. And I think teaching is one of those careers where we are all very guilty of often sacrificing both those things. And because, you know, like you said, you go into teaching because you care about the children, you care about making a difference. Mm -hmm. And and I think sometimes you just need that realisation that, you know, the actual priority here is me, because if I'm not right, if I'm not 100 percent right, if I haven't got energy, if I'm not passionate about what I'm doing, my impact on all these people that I'm caring about and sacrificing everything for is not going to be as good as it can be. And it's interesting you mentioned about, you know, moving and making that choice and being brave. And and this time of the year, um, heading into uh, the second spring term, it is a it's the prime time now for for teachers to be applying and looking at different places to to work. Um, Any any quick top tips for for those people as a a deputy head? You know, you would be on the board if a, a, a new teacher walked through into your school. Um, is honesty a big thing because there's a lot of hoops that you know w- you need to jump through in terms of your lesson observation and you might be asked to do an assembly or you might be asked to to do some moderating of books and things like that um if it was um if a, if a new teacher came to you what 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 are the few things you would um, you would say for top tips you think um, I think, yeah, like you said, honesty is absolutely crucial. 
um, because as um, as a member of SLT, if you're recruiting somebody, um, you're going you're going to want to know what they're capable of and, and things they they feel they need more support with the things they've perhaps never done before. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be that somebody's never ever done a work scrutiny before. Somebody's never done an observation before. They've been observed many times, but they've never been on the other side of that. Um, so I think, yeah, honesty is absolutely crucial and say, look, you know, these are my strengths, but I, I would like to develop this because I've just never had chance to. And mm-hmm. um, I think another tip for me, and this is absolutely crucial, is that, um, you know, humour is what gets me through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually I've got a couple of friends who are paramedics and they say that if it wasn't for the humour they have in their job. Oh, this can... is, you're, you're going on a, a thin line now, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> Somebody's absolutely. Just been over. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if it wasn't for that humour that they have, even some of it, you know, highly inappropriate, um, they, they would just all be depressed and miserable, mm-hmm. you know. And so yeah. humour is absolutely crucial for me. It's staff because... room conversations, isn't it? As long as the door's closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Check all the doors and windows. Um, but I also think as well, um, a, a kind of third thing is um, n- just know yourself honestly. Know what, what gets to you, what worries you, what keeps you up at night even. Um, mm. And start. And if, if you're aware of that, if you have that kind of ability to self-reflect, I think you can really turn things around and improve your situation. I know for me, years ago, uh, I'd not been in teaching too long. Um, and I used to used to get to a Sunday evening and I used to just be filled with this real anxiety about the week ahead. And, you know, how well prepared was I for it? What had I got to do? You know, what might come along that's unexpected um, throughout the week? And actually, once you start to reflect on that, I think, right, well, actually, you know, I've, I've managed. Things have gone OK this week and I'm well prepared. You, you start to handle things a lot better. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that that ability to self-reflect, um, yeah, is, is crucial. And that's um, that's interesting because it leads me on to um, your journey, really. And you, you, you mentioned then about like a Sunday night anxiety and things like that. And before um you know have wanting to do everything on your um your job list um have you ever burnt during your your teaching profession i think early on in my career definitely because that's i i was starting to be quite self-aware and starting to introspect a little bit and and you know that that inexperience dare i say um, led to me, you know, occasionally just kind of starting to feel like I was really burning out. Mm. Um, and, but that's the point where I would go and speak to somebody, um, who I, you know, who I trusted in, in my workplace and say, look, you know, I'm feeling this. I'm, I'm recognizing this isn't good. This is not, you know, this is not a, a normal feeling that we should accept. You know, what, what do I do? Um, and I've always been lucky that I've had staff that have supported that. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, as, as time's gone on, I've, I've been a lot more self-reflective and able to kind of be aware of that myself. And I'm not saying you will always have the answers. You know, sometimes you will go, Oh, I'm incredibly stressed, mm-hmm. but I don't really know how I'm going to get around this. And then often it's a conversation with somebody who goes, well, you, you know, that's getting to you, but you don't actually need to do that. Like, you know, is, is that relevant? Um, yeah. Whereas to me, that's been highly relevant. But actually looking at the grand picture, it, it's not. It doesn't matter too much. OK, so we've been asking our, uh, guests on the show their job satisfaction. And, I, I, and I'm assuming now uh, it's going to be it's going to be up there, really, because um, although um you've had that journey like most of us have where you go through your your, your lows and your highs uh, mm. you know you've got 
um, a, a pretty successful track record. So out of 10 at the moment, your job satisfaction in terms of, um, you know, what it's like for you at the moment, where would you rate yourself out of 10 and why? Um, I would genuinely go for, let's say, a 9.5. Oh, a um, 9.5 is a nine point five. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, there's, always, that, there's always that room, isn't there? I don't have a thing. jingle for this. This is very low budget. So I think if you say 9.5 again, I'm going to bang something in there. What's your job satisfaction out of, ti- uh, out of 10, Stuart? 9.5. We've got a 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> That sounds brilliant. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I can't wait to hear this. Nine point um, five. Tell us why. 9.5, Yeah, I think there's always that little bit of that little bit of room for improvement all the time, isn't there? You know, you might say, oh, actually, it'd be fantastic if I taught two days a week and then we have the rest of the week off. You know, in an ideal world, or we, mm-hmm. you know, talk for a couple of hours one day and that was it. Um, but I think you know, genuinely, over the years, I, I've learned how to just deal with things. I've learned a lot about myself, um, and again, the, the positivity factor is crucial. Um, and I, I can kind of see a positive to most situations. Um, you know, even I think back to a time in my career when um, the school I was at was going through um, quite a big period of change um, and a lot of rapid change. Um, and, you know, to a lot of people, this could have been a highly stressful, intense, horrific situation. But actually just thinking, right, you know, my skill set and my knowledge is going to be absolutely incredible coming out the other end of this mm-hmm. um you know what can i learn from this you know who can i kind of network with as well i'm getting to meet these new contacts um and i think yeah you've, you've just got to always be looking for what is the positive point to come out of it that's mm-hmm. going to benefit you but and I, I guess it's it's being a little bit selfish sometimes like i said earlier about you know you being the priority you being the important thing and actually going you know how's this going to benefit me what am i going to get out of this Mm, mm, interesting so look you've you've um had enough energy through your career not only just to write the odd book but an award-winning bestseller you know i was going to mention this at some point <laughs> and we've just had online safety date um obviously penguin pig monkey cow um as well as the uh the art of being brilliant uh primary school teacher which is indeed a brilliant book it's light-hearted i found it quite easy to read full of nice little stories anecdotes and some facts as well to help those kind of struggling this and this um you know disenfranchised or whatever lost teachers mm-hmm. um and in there you mention one of these quotes um stop being perfect and stop being remarkable mm-hmm. why did you choose this as a way to summarize your advice i think um you can sometimes and when i say sometimes i i, I know for me it was probably the first two two years of my teaching career um, you can get in the mindset that everything needs to be perfect and everything needs to just be absolutely 100% um, before you're happy with it. Um, and I think what you start to realise is if you're always aiming for 100% perfection, you will never actually be happy and things will take a lot longer than they, they should do. Um, and so for, for me and Andy, with um, the art of being a brilliant primary teacher, it was about stop aiming for that perfection and just aim for things that are very, very good, make you happy, they work, they're effective. Um, and, you know, that you actually, you kind of give out this, this little bit of awesomeness, you know, mm-hmm. stop, stop it. This, this display board, great, looks wonderful, it serves its purpose, it looks very nice, you know, rather than going absolutely crazy with that and turning it into um, sort of an award-winning piece of artwork, mm-hmm. think, right, okay, save a bit of energy, put that into something else. Um, 
because ultimately, I think, as we said earlier, the relationships with with the children that we teach are crucial. You know, relationships. Uh, we cannot do anything as teachers until we've built relationships. Um, so I would much rather put time and energy into that. Um, than I would other things. Um, so I think, yeah, it's about just stop aiming for perfection and just aim to do an incredibly good job. And that's what really frustrates me about some of the, the times when I, either in my own school staff meeting or I go away and do some CPD or whatever and I'm listening to somebody else speak and they always, they, they mention that outstanding word, right, which, um, which for me, I would rather... Uh, you know, being a, in a good school and an outstanding school, if uh, the mentality wasn't right, you know, because um, for me, outstanding, and I don't really like that idea, but, but, you know, outstanding would be consistently good practice. You know, if you can do something consistently good and you show high expectation, high, you know, high standards, then that to me would be the equivalent of that outstanding. It's, you know, I, I just don't like uh, necessarily, and you do see, you do see a bit of game playing, and everyone mm-hmm. has to pull it out of the bag for an observation and stuff, but there shouldn't be that much pressure, mm-hmm. you know, on the one, two, three observations that you have. Yeah, I think really, uh, in an ideal world, I think my own mindset is, uh, you know, why worry about good or outstanding? Just be brilliant. Just, you know, mm-hmm. do what you can. Push yourself to be better all the time, because that's, I think, how you really do um, develop as a professional you know if you're just const- constantly pushing yourself um, but yeah just aim to be brilliant mm. no I love that and it takes a lot of pressure and you're saying about you know you've got to wake up and actually put effort into being positive and and, and we are all um, it stood in front of the uh, in front of the children uh, in the classroom you you are constantly on show and mm. you do need to have that positivity because you know you 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 need to show them the, ch- the children that you know who wants to be sat in front of somebody that's you know only giving something half the energy you are you know in effect acting a lot of the time so yeah uh, it's important as well to to really try and capture that energy for as much as you can that's why it can be quite exhausting but it's it's important to try and do that because i think when the kids are happy you'd be happy right yeah absolutely and I, i've said in the past you know effectively i'm an actor employed by the dfa Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm paid better than some of my friends that genuinely are active <laughs> from what I hear, what I hear from them. And, um, you know, and that's ultimately what we do. Yeah, we, we are continually acting all the time. It's crucial in our job um, because that's how we, I think, we provide those real strong role models. Um, and I think also that's how we, we help young people to um, be able to deal with their own issues mm. um, is, is just by taking on the acting role that we do so that we do so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And now this uh, is going to close uh, our chat for today, which is um, we normally summarise with um, some top tips to add to a, a TLC toolkit, like a little first mm. aid box of what you can dip into uh, mm. if you're feeling a bit kind of... Uh, a little bit lost in, in your profession, no matter whether you're, you're early into your career or later on. Um, now, I think you've already uh, um, plugged quite a few of these already, but I will see if you want to add any more because you, you, your top tips that so I, what I've gleaned so far um, is to be honest, to use a sense of humour and to know yourself. Now, mm-hmm. um, is there anything else you think uh, you, you'd want to give um, some advice because I, I know you speak as well, not only um, as, a, as a keynote speaker, but also as a, um, you know, 
senior leaders to, to middle leaders out there. So uh, any any top tips um, for those maybe that are uh, aspiring middle leaders? I think really um, my, my top tip for the, the only one that's missing on that list for absolutely anybody um, is the one thing that in in teaching and in education you're, you're not really allowed to say. And if you do say it, people take a real sharp intake of breath and look absolutely horrified. Um, but I genuinely, genuinely believe that sometimes we all just need to remind ourselves that ultimately this is just a job. Mm. Um, because the amount of people that let this really affect their lives, their relationships at home, their well-being, their mental health, their physical health, um, you know, I've seen in, in 10 years, I've seen a lot of teachers, including people that I trained with at university and um, that have completely just had their lives overtaken. And it's become such a negative thing, a negative sort of impact on their life. Mm. Um, and, and often you just need to remind yourself. And, 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 you know, we hate saying this in teaching, but it is just a job. And ultimately, you've, you've got to put yourself, your well-being, your health first. That's the crucial thing. Um, and I, I do wonder how many people get uh, later in life that have been in teaching and do almost regret not sometimes reminding themselves of that. Mm, yeah, because we're in a unique um, in unique profession where actually I love my job. I've got to be honest with you. I absolutely love it and I buzz mm. off it. And the day that I don't love and buzz off it is, is either I need a change or I need to do some self-reflection because yeah. uh, I get so much pleasure out of every day. And this is, you know, it sounds a bit stereotypical uh, when, you, when you say it sometimes because you say that, oh, look, every day is a new day. You never know what challenge you're going to face. Yeah. Honestly, if I could bottle up, that's one of the things I might want to do this year, bottle up some of the quotes and some of the funny things that come out of the kids every day. Because honestly, they've got some right gems. Mm. Um, and uh, obviously, lower down the school, you get you get that really just uh, unbridled joy and positivity. You've got a kid that comes up and says something nice about, you know, your hair or what you're wearing. Mm. You could just be walking down the corridor having a, you know, having an absolute awful day and you get a little year one or year two kid that says something like that which is buzzing or you get further up the school in five and six and you get a kid that's you know turned it around or they just say something nice you have a good conversation about them and mm. i absolutely love that so um it's it's one of one of your great jobs is when you when you speak um to to other teachers is need to remind them actually you are in an amazing profession you're an amazing job here you know get that balance right stay positive even if your energy levels drop mm -hmm. like you said the least you can be is content and uh, i think that's the bare minimum uh, that our profession and our kids um really deserve yeah, I mean, we said in uh, The Art of Being a Brilliant Primary Teacher, uh, me and Andy said that, you know, I think one of the first sentences in the book is that teaching is the best job in the world. And, and that, that, is not a, that is not a cliched statement. That is not just some kind of huge, highly positive, oh, look, you know, you're in a wonderful position, everybody. Life's brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, but it really is, as you say, it's that, that job where every day is just so different and you don't know what's around the corner. And a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, have you just thought about just going into writing full time or why don't you just, you know, why don't you leave teaching? And you know, hopefully they don't mean that in a kind of, you know, get out of teaching. <laughs> um, but, you know, why don't you go and, go and do, do more writing? You know, you love that. And I always say to them, um, you know, teaching keeps my brain going. It's it's the excitement every day of just not knowing quite what is around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, I, leaving that would just, I think I'd just become very, 
bored and unmotivated and mm. um, so yeah it is an absolute full-on high energy profession but like, as you say yeah we do it because we absolutely love it well Stuart it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today about your journey and how you keep energized and happy in the profession look I'm certain there's a lot more to come from you in the next few years and I look forward to sharing and supporting any of your your great work but Stuart Spenlow thank you so much for your time today no pleasure thanks Tom it's been great Wow, I mean, Tom, decent interview there with uh, Stuart Spenlow. I mean, the one about it just being a job like, is massive because it's amazing. You know, we're, we're in an industry where it's very all-encompassing and it's very difficult to, to switch off. Often you'll be having your dinner kind of going, how the hell can I get this kid to make some progress in his writing? Why yeah, do they put full stops? So I think that was quite good to almost thinking about compartmentalising your life almost. Yeah, and staying positive in in your in your own personal life is 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 really key. So sometimes just worth stepping back, um, chilling, and um, and and taking uh, taking some time for yourself, so that when you get back into um, get back into the classroom, you've got that energy, and um, it comes at a timely timely um, timely period because uh, tomorrow morning I'm up, crack of dawn, um, after my half term break, so I'll be joining all the other teachers out there. Um, on the morning commute, my friend, which will be a lot um, more uh, dull and cold than it will be for you in in, in Malaysia. Hashtag Corona. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite reached this yet, my friend. Hashtag lockdown. Um, I mean, I have started buying more Corona beers just but just out of just principle, really. Right. Well, listen, we know what happened the last time you brought beers in school, my friend, and I think you've got a written warning. Uh, innocent until proven guilty. That was. <laughs> never no comments. Plead never the fifth. Evidence. Yeah, plead the fifth. Like, yeah, go on. Next joke. Who said what? All right, my friend. Well, listen, we're going to wrap things up and um, you take it easy until the next time we catch up, my brother, okay? All right. Uh, you're using a lot of my brother. Maybe you should apply for the Catholic job. <laughs> God willing. Amen. <laughs>